Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Hi. You know that movie you always wanted to see, but you didn't for whatever reason? Well, I call those black hole films. Everyone has them, and this podcast aims to do something about that. I'm Jeremy Lalonde, and every episode I'll be joined by one or more guests to watch a film that at least someone in that group hasn't seen. We'll talk about our expectations of it before it, and then our thoughts after it. This is episode 16, and I'm joined by Fab Filippo and Mark Weingust, both who were guests previously on the show. Fab and I did Shaft, and Mark was part of the group that did Mulholland Drive. And we sat down and watched the film together. Uh, Alright, so we're sitting down to watch The Dark Crystal. We'll go around and introduce and say uh, what's I, I'm Fab Filippo. This is my second black hole. This is your second black hole. We have returning guests tonight only. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you Am have... I the only returning guest? Mark has been on... Mulholland Drive. Oh, Mulholland both Drive. of us are returning yeah. guests. Yeah. I'm Mark, Whew. and this is also my second black hole. And you haven't seen this one, right? No, I have not seen this one. I'm more familiar with the other collaboration between Jim Henson and Brian Feb, uh Labyrinth. Yeah, I, I haven't seen this one either. You have, right? But when I saw this when I was a kid. Um, yeah, but I always mix it up with Labyrinth, too. I was just saying that I was really excited because, oh, yeah, David Bowie's in this! And I was like, no. David Bowie's not in this movie. And it's it's shocking to me that I haven't seen this because I'm such a huge Henson nerd. Like, I've seen, I can't even tell you how many times I saw Labyrinth. Um, and I've even shown it to the kids. And for some reason, I never got around to watching this one, and I have no reason why, other than I just didn't. And I got this confused with, um... Not Willow. Was it Hero? What was the Tom Cruise, like, dragon movie? Oh, uh... Not Dragon It was Willow. Heart. It was or, Willow. No, no, no. Willow was with, um... Oh, oh yes. Yeah. I believe. Courage or something? To the internet. Um, I'll look it up. And for some reason, I don't know if it was just the covers of these two movies, always got me confused, and I don't know if subconsciously I just didn't want to watch it because I thought that it was that movie. Not Classroom of the Titans. That's, that was the name. I'm going to look it up. Um, um, wait, this one I just felt like crawl. 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 It's not crawl. It's not crawl. <laughs> I'm just naming all the weird fantasy '80s movies that I can think of. I'm going back. Jesus Christ, Tom Cruise, you're in a lot of movies. It's funny because I'm the fourth kid out of my family, and I don't think any of my sisters have even seen Dark Crystal. I, I feel it's just one. It's not even an obscure Jim Henson film. It's I think the first film that came out of the Jim Henson company. This one was actually a really huge hit for what it was. It was a massive hit. Yeah. Yeah. I like Labyrinth, which flopped. Yeah, Labyrinth was not a hit. Um, this was huge, and I were. It was like, like it's it's hard to like. It's weird how big Muppets were. Like legend, 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 legend. 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 Okay, that's a movie. Well, that's another which movie. I also haven't seen. That's yeah. another black hole. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I interrupted. No, but Muppets were like massive. Muppets were the CGI of that time. You know what I mean? It was like, like it was crazy how many Muppet things there were. Oh, yeah, I mean, during the heyday, you know. That, there's Fruit League of Fraggle Rock. Um, yeah, Muppet um, Show still. And Muppet Show was still on. Uh, and Fraggle Rock was then here in Toronto. Yeah, Fraggle Rock was here. Um, uh, now I can't remember anything. Remember the real, what's it called? Real World? With, they had the, like, Muppets that were based on celebrities. And, uh, oh my god, I'm showing my age. I don't remember that. Phil I, Collins I, had a video. No. Well, Muppets. Phil Collins had a music video. You mean Land of Confusion? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna challenge a CGI comment. I'm gonna say it's more like Muppets were the Lucasfilm of their uh, day. Yes. Where they've got their hand in all these different things, or the Marvel, or whatever it is. But it's just because that's. It's more like everyone was working with the Henson Company and their. Um, did you ever see. I don't think they did a second season. Uh, they did a, a, a reality show of like getting a job at the Henson. Jim Henson Company. Oh, like Greg the Bunny-ish? No, no, or, no, no, no. No, no. It was like a reality show. It was kind of like Project Greenlight. Oh, really? But um, it was on two or three years ago, and I can't remember the name of it. But it was fascinating. It was really interesting getting in. And Brian Henson was one of the judges. And it was, I think it was... This was like after Jim Henson? Yeah, no, this was that? recently. This was, uh, oh, so right. it was like getting a job at the Creature Shop. And so you had to go oh. through and do different competitions. And like... Here's a pile of stuff. Make a make a robot character yeah. that can move around and articulate. And it was so it was really interesting, watching just kind of the behind the scenes of that world and watching these people geek out and nerd out. Um, and they had and they had to create. And I can't remember the name of the characters, but they had to create one of the characters from Dark Crystal. 
uh, as one of their challenges, like a, another now, creature. Now, what do they use Muppets for now? Like, other than, well, like, other than Sesame Street? Yeah, Sesame Street. There's really not a lot of mu- uh, Muppet or even Puppet stuff I, I've seen nowadays. Star Wars is doing it again. Like, they're, using, yeah. they're going back to the old school ways of doing it. Some of the characters are... are or doing live and puppetry. Which, which I think is great. And then there was also a Paul F. Tompkins show called No You Shut Up. I think it just ended last year where they actually use puppets as part of the main characters. Even for, uh, let's say, Mystery Science Year 3000, they just restarted that. So they are yeah. bringing back Tom Servo and Crow. Um, there's a movie, I think, that's currently in development called The Happy Time Murders. Oh, with, yeah, yeah, yeah. With, I think... Uh, it's kind of like a mix of Who Framed Roger Rabbit, but with Muppets, and I, I think starring Melissa McCarthy is attached to it. Yes, I read, yeah. I read about that. And Avenue Q keeps on threatening to be adapted. Into a movie? Yeah. Oh my uh, God. How long have they been adapting that? A long That's crazy. time. Yeah. Um, something I didn't realize, and this this is, here's a, beside a weird note, because I was am a huge fan of Avenue Q. And at one point, was just curious. Like, it's been so long. I'm going to look into the rights and just see who has them out of curiosity. And ended up uh, getting in touch with the writer of the musical, who then went on to write Frozen. Oh, so Lopez. Yeah, the guy that wrote all the music. For Frozen. And we like had a Twitter exchange back and forth in, in, in direct message or whatever. And then I realized he'd done Frozen. I was like, holy shit. And my, of course, my kids sing those songs all the time. All right. Uh, so I had my own nerdy little moment, but he said it's currently in active development. Ooh. Active, which I don't. But he also made a half-assed joke that that means nothing since it's been in active development about twenty times. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, yeah. So what are, what do you know about this movie? Uh, I, don't, I don't remember. Uh, you know, I know that Jim Henson directed it. I know that it was uh, made in nineteen eighty-two. Sounds about right. Eighty-two. Uh, I don't recognize, I don't remember any of the actor voices in it. But that's back when you didn't have to be a star to, to, do, a, to do a voice. You know, it was the exact opposite, usually, yeah. right? It wasn't, um, it wasn't until like, 82, you're right. It wasn't until Aladdin, really, that, that when, with Robin Williams. Yeah, yeah. I think where it became a big thing that now celebrity voices are doing the voices in animated yeah. stuff or, or Muppets or whatever. But it was before that. There was very few. It was more like voice actors. Yeah, people that were just really talented at doing that. And I guess the people who aren't aren't the people who are actually uh, manning the Muppets, manning, maneuvering the Muppets, doing marionetting. I think marionetting. Is, is, is that the correct, correct term? I think any of them are. Continue. Are they there? Uh, so, uh, don't they do the voices as well? Usually, like, often. Like, I'm curious. Do they do the voices afterwards, or like they're there on? So they have I'm, their I'm mic. sure they do them there, and they're mic'd, and then they probably ADR sometimes. I acted in a show called Puppets Who Kill years ago. Mm. I did an episode, and it's really difficult to act with a Muppet because uh, where there were a puppet, um, and uh, because. The puppeteer's voice is coming from yeah, different like, down below, down below, and you have to respond to the puppet. It's really, it's and tough, in, man. In that case, did they re-record the voices after? No, no, they were they did it right there on on yeah. set. Yeah, I think they I think often they try to do that. Yeah, because they create, especially with Henson. Like I don't know in this movie, but I know there's a lot of ad libbing that goes on, and they mess around. That's true. If you ever want to have a lot of fun, um, I'm sure it's on all of the versions. But I hate on, fun. Okay, well then don't do this, but. On the, the Muppet movie, um, the DVD had it for sure. I'm sure the Blu-ray does. One of the bonus features is their uh, screen test before they made it. <laughs> and I swear Frank Oz and Jim Henson are high as kites. <laughs> like, the conversations they're having with Fozzie and Kermit are hilarious. There's a really meta one where they realize that they're not real. <laughs> <laughs> they look below. It's, it's like, so, oh my god, we have no legs. It's the one of the best bonus features ever. And you have, That's great. It's worth buying or renting for that reason alone. Now, um, does anybody know if that... You know, you know the sort of um, legendary sort of Mr. Hooper dying on Sesame Street? Like, that he... No, you don't know about this? There was a thing that was going around, but I've never seen the footage. And But apparently Mr. Hooper died on camera. And while he was doing no a, a scene with Big Bird, he had a heart attack. And Big Bird thought that Mr. Hooper was kidding around. You can see him, like, kicking him and all that kind of stuff. And then just, 
it all gets really Oh my dark god, this episode just got really dark. I can't yeah. imagine they... And that's in the episode? No, that's not in the episode. Okay. No, no, no. Oh, the episode. I believe that's how they decided okay. to teach children about death. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's not that you're getting at and they used part of it in the episode. No, 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 no. But there's footage, apparently, of it because they were shooting... Oh my god. It's like this weird urban myth. It's a bit of, yeah, it's like it's a Sesame Street urban legend, but I, you know, I... Is it true that he died on set? Do we well, know I, that? this is the story. This is all I know. That's all I know about it. To the How internet. did Mr. Hooper die? I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna Google... To the internet! Hey Siri, did Mr. Hooper die on set? There's a website called Bert is Evil. How did Mr. Hooper really die? Oh yeah, see? I remember the episode where they said goodbye to him. Where Big Bird wants to give a card to Mr. Hooper, and then all the humans have to explain to him that he's not coming back. Well then, <laughs> okay, but if there's an episode where they say goodbye to him, then that story really doesn't Oh, up. so this, this website is just telling me how the character died. I don't want to do this. Oh yeah. Alright, we'll figure it out later. Uh, shall we watch the movie? Let's do it. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Completed watching the Crystal Skull. We have finished the the dark the dark crystal. You just called it the Are Crystal you, Skull. Is that what I said? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you said the Crystal Skull. Jim Henson and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> the Skeksis. It's your voice fucked me up. <laughs> so, how much of this as a child do you remember? That's a good question. It's so funny because I, I don't I, I don't remember like any of it. I remember the gulflings. Um, I didn't realize they looked so much like Gina Gershon back then because you know You were unaware of Gina Gershon. She she was probably my age. Um, but it really is just like Lord of the Shard, isn't it? It's just like <laughs> <laughs> Early on in the movie, uh, Fab thought he heard shard. Shart? Shart. And so every time we heard shard in the movie, which is a yeah. lot. For those of you who haven't <laughs> seen this movie recently, which I'm sure is not a lot of people. I'm sure lots of people just that. watched it. Yeah. Like, they're looking for a shard of the crystal, and they say... So they have the shard. Well, oh, bring, no, yeah, well, if they're fair. looking for it, then they find the shard, and then they have to bring the shard... Over to the crystal to insert it into the, <laughs> into the, the dark crystal. crystal. But they say shard a lot, and then once you associate it with shard, it makes it a really good movie. <laughs> Just... um, I mean, here's what... Before we get into the movie itself, watching this... Because um, Labyrinth came out after this, right? Four years later, yeah. Yeah, this was like his first kind of big foray into... Uh, Kind of his adult version, not adult, but darker version of darker fantasy of like of what something different doing. than Muppets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, looking for a garbage. Dirt. Just looking for a bowl. Um, and so it just makes me go, what, what would we have if Jim Henson hadn't died when he died? You know, because in a lot of ways, he, he was just kind of getting started. Into some of the stuff that I think he was really interested in, which is stuff more like this, like this and Labyrinth. I think that was the kind of direction he was really interested in going in after he'd established all he'd done with Muppets and Sesame Street and Fire Rock and all that kind of stuff. I think he really had these other sensibilities, and I don't feel like we we got what he was like building towards. I wonder way. on an aesthetic level if he would have embraced CG or or fought it. Uh, no. no, I think he would have embraced it in a way, but he'd still mainly use puppets. Yeah, yeah. But use CG as kind of the way that David Fincher uses CG, not as a way of storytelling, but as invisible things in the frame that associates itself with a world that feels so realistic. Mm -hmm. um, I remember reading, because I'm a huge fan of Labyrinth, that because Labyrinth was a giant flop, it really took a toll on Jim Henson. Well, this is according to his son, Brian. Um, Labyrinth was a flop. Yeah, Labyrinth was a flop. It cost, I think, $25 million. And wow. in terms of box office, it was like 16.4, I want to say. Oof. I, I actually looked this up before coming here. But, yeah. But, I mean, after Jim Henson died, we had, like, Muppet Christmas Carol. We had 
Muppet Treasure Island. Sure, sure, sure. But in terms of like anything that was kind of like Labyrinth or Dark Crystal, going into this weird fantasy world, um, no, we, we really didn't get anything more than that. Man, because I always think of Labyrinth as this big, huge movie of my childhood. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't realize that it underperformed. But I still remember that like, people still talk about Labyrinth. So Yeah, I feel like they talk about Labyrinth more than they talk about this. Yeah, so I feel like whatever initial thing happened in its release, it's overcome that in time. Yeah, but this is also like... It's funny because this is also more of a kid's movie. I think, Dark Crystal. Hey, if I watched this as a kid, I'd be scared as shit. I'm so glad I'm watching this now. Because <laughs> there was so much nightmare fuel in this film. Like, 15 minutes in, when you had, like, the old Skeksis emperor, and he dies, and then he just disintegrates. If I was watching it, like, if you'd show that to your two kids now, would they be scared? I think my daughter might be. My son would be... Oh, he might be, too. Like, it's creepier than you would yeah. expect. Oh, yeah. But, uh, but is it creepy because it's more lifelike? Because with this, you really are engrossed within its world. There's no creature in this movie that's not kind of creepy. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there isn't one. I, I mean, the little dog is the only non the But then when, you, but when he's introduced, like, it's a giant jump moment. That's true. Yeah. There's yeah. a log or whatever it is, and it scares the shit out of you. It's like three sets of teeth. Because even the Gelflings are kind of odd-looking. Yeah. Yeah, the Gelflings, are, I think, are the creepiest of all of them. <laughs> they've, got just, like, they've got no blemishes on their face. And they, their face kind of barely moves. It's this like, weird kabuki mask-like <laughs> thing, and the lips kind of move slightly, and they're both an androgynous, and, uh, you don't know, like, it's kind of a love story, but they're the last two Gelflings, so they're probably related. And, 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 and there's, like, one of the... And have to repopulate... Yeah, at the end, it's like, they're definitely going to do it. Yeah, at the end, it's like, she's a part of you. He's like, wait, does that mean that that she's his sister? Or is it like, uh, are they lovers? Well, we're all a part of each other. They only... They only knew each other for like a day at that point. It's true. But they did the dream thingy, whatever, where they touched hands and knew everything. Yeah, it's like Vulcan mind meld, except they're showing each other... Like the dead zone, where it's like, shake each other's hands like... "Uh." Yeah. (laughs) Also, at the end, when the, you know, the world is beautiful again, now it's like a giant crystal palace as opposed to whatever shitstorm that thing was, is it just them and those like bastardized version of the Gorgs? Is that all that's left in this world? Yeah, because everybody uh, like uh, teleported into the crystal. Or, or teleport into the sky. Into the sky, but then there were these little glimmers in the crystal. That's why I thought they. Because it was just them and that like meth addict, the giant lady. Yeah. Oh no! Then you got like the the Pauls or the <laughs> Poodles, whatever they're the called. The fat Jessica Lang. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. I'm not saying that Jessica Lang is fat. I was saying that the Muppet is a fat Jessica Lang. That's not. <laughs> That's just fair. Who wrong cr- with that? Who has to crash on the floor and take a shard? <laughs> yeah, every time she sat down, it sounded like she was shitting on someone's floor. <laughs> Um, I don't know what this movie's about. <laughs> Can I admit that? <laughs> no, no, it's it's a it's a hero story. Like sure, it's a fairy tale. Yeah, yeah, it's a fairy tale. You got two different factions. You got the hero's quest. He's he 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 has to find this MacGuffin and put this MacGuffin into a different MacGuffin and save the world. But it's lacking context. Like, what are they saving? What are the what are the Skeksis going to do if they're in charge? Yeah, but you know what? It's interesting because I was thinking about Star Wars a lot when I was looking at uh, when we were watching it because I was thinking how yeah, Star Wars is just like a crazy imagined universe as well, you know. Yeah. So, what's the context of Star Wars? Well, I will say I always had an issue with that, like in the early movies, that it's just like you just why is the Empire evil? We don't know. Yeah, yeah. You know, we're, just, we're being told that. And no, that's but why the prequels the, exist. But uh, I don't know. Yeah, but I'm that's kidding. why I, I, you know, we don't need to get into this. But I, I do think Rogue One is one of the strongest Star Wars movie because it does what no other Star movies ever did. It provided a context. We got to see other worlds that weren't just the rebellion or the Empire. You got to see the in between and what they did to these people. Um, and I yeah. thought yeah. that's what made that movie so strong was. It gave a context in a way that we haven't seen before. Interesting. 
But even, but, even but, in, but the context of Rogue One exists against Star Wars, the Star Wars universe. Well, no, it's, it's it's the two hundred fifty million dollar fan film that fills in a plot hole. But <laughs> that's really what it is. <laughs> but like, when but it's damn well made. Yeah, it is. That is the but, best. Okay. Completely unrelated with Star Wars. If you took the third act of Rogue One and the first two acts of The Force Awakens, you'd probably have, like, the perfect Star Wars movie. I, I, to me, the first time I watched Rogue One, um, I really enjoyed it, and then the second time I found more flaws with it. it was, and it was the complete opposite of what I had with um, Force Awakens, where the first time I watched it, um, I, I found a whole bunch of flaws because it's very much relating back to uh, A New Hope. But then the second time I watched it, I just forgot everything about it and then enjoyed it as mm. what it was. Yeah. But getting back to this film. Yes. Uh, yeah, I mean, for me, and I find this is very common in movies of this era, and Star Wars is in and around this era as well. You know, Return of the Jedi would have came out a year after this movie came out. Yeah. So it's right in, in, the, in the crux of it. But I find that a lot of movies of this type don't worry about context. There's like, bad is bad, good is good. We're going to tell you who the bad guys are. They don't need to do anything bad, really. Uh, just trust us that they're bad. I know, and that's why you have that opening narration, which kind of sets up the entire world. You have, but it didn't really though. It just let us t- told us who the bad guys and good guys were, but it didn't say what happens when the Skeksis take over. You know, it didn't didn't paint a picture the of prophecy. No, I mean they just prophecy. seem creepy, and so because they're creepy, we assume they're the bad guys. Yeah, I mean it, the, the 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 question of context is interesting because then it opens a whole can of worms because then you're looking at other movies and these you know these movies that you know something that like lucas is credited for is taking that that sort of joseph campbell hero's journey kind of thing and 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 putting it into a movie and it's exactly what this was as well and um you look at a lot of these sort of fantasy movies of the 80s that kind of did the same thing over and over again and, you know, you can argue that this movie has a lot more context than, you know, a, a modern film because it's sort of, it's steeped in... in its own mythology. In, in yeah. mythology, you know, in general. So, I mean, I, 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 I could see things like, you know, that whole thing that we're all part of each other at the end is very Buddhist and uh, you can see Henson's belief system in this movie. Yeah. For sure. Mm, yeah. Uh, and and the thing that makes them evil is that they're separated from their other self, you know. And they make each other whole. Yeah, and when they make each other whole, there is no bad people in the world or bad. I will uh, say with, with that state of mind, the, the refusal to call in this movie is the best because he throws away the shark. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta love that. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. then like two minutes later, he changes his yeah. mind. Well, she, you know, she finds it. Yeah. I assume she. Yeah. Someone did call her a she at one point. Yeah, no, she she called herself a she. Cuz cuz when she, cause she has wings. Oh right, girl. Yeah, yeah, and you're a boy. Oh, I yeah. don't have wings. Randomly. You're not a girl. I swear those things were not on that costume. <laughs> I seen before that. She only uses the wings twice in this movie. It's like, "Oh yeah, I have these things." But yeah. going back to context, I feel like what Lord of the Rings and I will full disclosure, I've not read the books or the Hobbit. I'm reading them right now with my son. Uh in terms of the movies, what Peter Jackson did, and the way that the the prologue of Fellowship of the Ring, where you are provided that context yeah. of how the ring was formed and the whole world. Well, it's in those books, but it's sprinkled yeah. throughout in such a strange way. Yeah. Um, that yeah, I, I I think what the Fellowship did really really well was provided really nice context and in, in the background. Yeah. Because yeah, the, the book just starts in at Bilbo's. No, it's, the book's weird because it takes. What happens in like a, a a day or two in the beginning of Fellowship takes sixty to seventy years in the book. Oh, wow. like Bilbo, like uh, Frodo ages almost fifty years after Bilbo leaves, and then he goes on the journey. Where in the movie it's two days, I think. It's very quick. Um, it takes a long time. Did this movie happen in in a day? Like I, I had no idea. I really want to say this happens in the span of like three days because by the first day he finds uh, Fat um, Jessica Lang. <laughs> the second really day, not comfortable the, with that. <laughs> the second day he falls asleep with Kira, and then third day is when they they put the shard into the crystal. Okay. 
Wow, you've really, you know, you can really track logic. That's Well, really I, I mean, on the first viewing, it's like, yeah, that's pretty simple. Everything just happens in three days. It's like the, the old master who tells Jin, it's like, you got to go do this thing. It's like, master, what is this thing? I don't understand. Why was he a master of him? Yeah, well, because he... He found him as a child. He found him as a child and took care. There's other words that you could have used. Oh, you know? Well, but Master... Could have called him Yoda, because that's how he dies. Yeah, Master connotes, <laughs> yeah. you know, the, like, you know, the guru, the... the or the slave. Mystic, the elder mystic. Yeah, but, but they didn't have slaves. The, the Skeksis sure. had slaves. That's true. But it's just like her people that found her, the bastardized gorgs, as I'll call them, <laughs> she referred them as my new mom and dad. You know? Right. Where he's just like, no, these are my masters. Oh, yeah, he did say, like, he was master and she was... She was all, all about that. Anyway, I just, I just found that to be interesting. Um, and the mystics, what do they do? The they're mystics? like monks, I guess. So, yeah, they're kind of like... They just hummed. That's they literally just, the they hum they like did. every day. Really <laughs> or they hum when they, when they feel the crystal needs to call or answer or something. At least that's what I got from it. Yeah. I mean, that's just what was missing for me with this movie. Um, was just... What was the point of them? They were the good. What were they doing? They weren't helping anyone. There's yeah, like, what was the no, point of the You got Skeksis. no sense were... of any history. You got no sense of character, really. Like, everything was like... Well, it stakes. Like, what happens if this... Like, the Skeksis take over, but what does that mean? The world already looks like a bit of a shithole. Yeah, like, the the, the world's gonna end, but then the world kind of already But then, do ended. you really need that in, in a 90-minute Muppet film like this do you in, in a fantasy world can't you also just fill in the gaps yourself because th- this is basically Jim Henson's imagination being put on screen so wouldn't the viewer themselves also have to put in well but that's when you that's what the difference between like Star Wars and this movie yeah. is right Star Wars is is the same thing it's a hero's journey and, and everybody's like the characters are archetypal but you get a real sense of who Han Solo is, who Luke Skywalker yeah. is, who Princess now, Leia is. What's like, interesting, they're and, really memorable characters. What's interesting, and I, only did, and I only thought about this now, and it's going to be a shameless plug, Netflix is doing a series that's prequeling the entire Dark Crystal movie. No way! Yeah. yeah. Well, that's why I wanted to watch it, too, because they are, they are doing... Oh, I had no idea. So that might provide so a lot of context about Skeksis and Mystics and Gelflings and like the entire world of where this is. Are they going to use Muppets? Uh, as I far as so. in, yeah, in the yeah, preview yeah. that I saw, I believe they are doing like full Muppets. Wow! I full Muppets. Full Muppets. They're going full Muppet. They're going. Yeah. Well, you kind of have to, otherwise. Yeah, you got it. Because the people that are going to watch you. I mean, it's what Netflix does. They just go, "Oh, who's the audience?" For are this? they gearing this toward like? I'm sure. I'm assuming adults who watch the Dark Crystal. Yeah, they're, sure. they're, they want it to be exactly that. It's just like you know when they remade Full House, they didn't want to divert too far from that either. Yeah. Like no, no, we just make another piece of shit and then send it out, and people will love it. <laughs> Which apologies, they did because apologies now. to anyone who is a big fan of Full and Fuller House. Yes, look, if you like Full House, we're we're sorry, but it's a piece of shit. <laughs> um, so okay, well this is crazy. So is it, I wonder if it's going to be darker the new Dark Crystal. Darker crystal. That's what they should call it. <laughs> no, but it's I, a prequel, so it can't. It has to be lighter crystal. I want yeah, the yeah, same nightmare fuel. I want five-year-old kids to go to sleep scared. <laughs> you don't get that nowadays. What are you talking about? You don't get that. Like superhero movies are for grown-ups. Like it's crazy to me. All right, like, what kind of nightmare fuel do we get in a Marvel movie now? Well, the, lots. I mean, I have a sensitive uh, eight-year-old son. So, oh, okay. So, so he like he's freaked out by all the movies because like. You went. You go to see Zootopia was kind of freaky. Yeah. You know, like. No, but, but, but you also have a lot of helicopter parents that just don't expose their kids to certain movies because yeah. they're worried about them being too sensitive to or this or that. You know what I mean? It's, that, it's interesting. Are you calling me a helicopter parent? Is that what you're doing? You're, you're criticizing my parenting on your on your podcast. Yes. No. No. But I'm not saying you. My I'm boy just, is sensitive. No. No. no I'm not. No, I'm, <laughs> I just mean what I've observed is that because I'm. I show my son everything, uh, much to my, you know, my wife. What did he think of Breaking Bad? He loved it. (laughs) (laughs) Is that the Ozymandias episode? We had to watch it twice. Once with, and the third time with the commentary. No, um, he's not loving Better Call Saul so much just yet, but he's, uh... Because he finds it too boring? No, no. Hey, fuck you. Better Call Saul is amazing. To be honest, I haven't watched anything to, uh, I haven't watched season two yet. I've only seen season one. Oh, it's, it's really, really great. We're all over the place. Um, 
No, but we watched a fair what are you amount about of stuff. Like, Better Call Saul. No, but he and I just—that's another prequel, right? Yeah. So. Yeah, he and I just watched um, the Dark Knight trilogy. Oh, you did? You watched the Dark Knight trilogy with your eight-year-old son? Yeah. That's—I don't approve. <laughs> See, Not approve. I totally approve. No, I'm, I'm My kidding. Wife, and we did I'm it, kidding. We did a podcast of it, so it'll be up before. Oh, you this. did? Yeah. Amazing. So, and of course, my wife does not 100% approve of that, but he's also like been playing the Batman Arkham games and that kind of stuff. There's nothing worse than that, and maybe he shouldn't be playing those either. So there's that. I'm a terrible parent. No, but you know, so I think it's interesting that he, you know, he doesn't have nightmares. He. He kind of knows when he should or shouldn't use certain he does, words. He has killed a couple of neighborhood squirrels, but not... Yeah, only in our backyard. <laughs> only in the domain of this house. Yeah, he has the kill corner. This is terrible. This is all terrible. <laughs> well, this episode, again, got really, really dark. Got really dark. No, but it's like, so it's interesting. So I have a weird... But I was also one of those latchkey kids that just watched whatever because my parents weren't necessarily paying attention all the time. And I go down to the video store down my street and rent whatever because the person behind the counter didn't give a shit. You know, so I'd rent stuff that I probably shouldn't have watched. So, okay, I'm curious, like, if you look back, what was the most inappropriate movie that you think you watched on your own? Like, I think, um, I think when I watched Lethal Weapon the first time, I think I was six or seven. Whoa! Okay! That opening scene when she kills herself. What's that? You know? What's suicide, Daddy? Exactly, like stuff like that. Uh, I remember when I was... Gremlins. Sick. I saw when I was really, really, really young. I freaked my sister right the hell out. Yeah, Gremlins, I remember seeing... It was yeah. scary. Gre- we, I remember watching that when I was 12 and I was scared. Well, yeah. we, I can't remember. We watched it at uh, a family Christmas. My my <laughs> uncle, all the kids, they're like, let's watch a movie. They get kids, put all the kids in one room to watch a movie and they put Gremlins in and scared the shit. We were all probably around... Between six and eight, nine. Oh, my And God. did not go over well at all. That's funny. Because nobody knew, except for my one uncle, what movie we were watching. And all of a sudden, <laughs> the kids came out freaking out. And we all had nightmares. I'll never forget. This is a total aside, but I'll never forget when my high school girlfriend's parents rented Blue Velvet because they oh. they remembered the song from the 50s. <laughs> How old are you? And they, I was a teenager, but they okay. came home with Blue Velvet. We knew what they were doing, but they had no idea. And we were like, let's watch Blue Velvet with them. Watch them figure out it's not like this sweet little movie. It was amazing. It was one of the greatest cinematic moments of my life. I think the movie that maybe messed me up the most watching it as a kid was Stand By Me. Oh, wow. I yeah. saw that movie young. And I just remember, I think for two or three nights in a row... I slept in my parents' room on the floor because I kept on having a nightmare about when he puts his hand down his pants after the leeches. Yeah. And he, and he pulls the blood out. That stuck with me for a long time. Wow. That's a, well, that's, that's interesting because it's an impactful, it's an emotionally impactful film. Yeah, it's I got like, underwear. I had the same pair of underwear that yeah, kid had. Yeah. I swim in swamps-ish. <laughs> Not really, but I grew up in a small town, so there was... Swam in swamps? Well, no, but we had, like, the lake and that kind of stuff in the river, and so... Did you ever ever get trapped in quicksand? No, no quicksand. Quicksand was a real Hugo, problem Imperial. in the 70s and 80s, early 80s. Yeah, it was a trope. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was, like, very dangerous. Yeah, but I remember that. I remember the, watching the movie It. Um, uh, I was scared to go in the shower. Understand the TV, the TV miniseries they did, Tim Curry. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, uh, I never watched that as a kid, but I remember constantly just seeing the cover and just being scared of that because you got like the creepy hand. And all. I wonder if it's still creepy now. No, Tim, apparently Tim it's awful. Just creepy. Tim well, Curry on his own. Is well, just, Tim Curry is just freaky, awesome, freaky, awesome. Oh, I mean, him as Pennywise, yes, but he's just awesome in anything. He chews the scenery in it, but you watch it now, it does not hold up. It yeah. is so slow and boring. <laughs> it like it kind of makes me excited to see the new one. Only because uh, with Strangers, Stranger Things on Netflix, yeah, yeah, bring yeah, back yeah. that essence of the 80s. It's like, huh, they are going a little bit darker. Well, and you know what? This. It was interesting because I, I, I dug what I was seeing of like, the concept art they were doing for the new It. And then someone made a really interesting post that talked about the fact that it's like they made the, the you know, It, the clown, Pennywise, really creepy looking. But that flies in the whole purpose of what Pennywise is. Pennywise is supposed to look like a regular clown, so they draw you in. If he's already creepy, why the fuck are kids going near them? <laughs> <laughs> so it kind of defeats the whole purpose of what yes. the point of the clown is. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we keep on going. We're all over. <laughs> We're all the over place. the place. That's okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I, 
Would you revisit this again? Would you show your kids this? Would I show my kid? Well, you know, like... I, I don't know. I don't know if I'd ever force my kid to sit through this. Um, you know, there's some movies where that I, I, I would do it, but I don't know if this is one of them, actually. Because it's not... The payoff isn't... And it's not culturally... I mean, I don't know. Is Dark no, Crystal he, culturally significant? I think, I think it is in terms of... It's still that era of Jim Henson and the Muppets where Muppets are what, what draws in the audience. Uh, I'd rather show my nieces or my future children uh, Labyrinth before, before Dark Crystal because right. I think Dark Crystal is a little bit more on the scarier side. But still a short enough fantasy film that they can be drawn in. Yeah. My kids love Labyrinth. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, given that I might test out the, the Netflix series that's coming up. And if they dig it, then it makes sense to revisit this. Yeah. I wonder how... Well, again, I just wonder how... Like, everything goes darker now. I, I'm You know, one of the things I was surprised by uh, watching this was how not dark the bad guys were you know like, like they're, they're scary creepy, they're scary yeah their design is, is the, brilliant the yeah, design is scary creepy. you know there's a creepiness to them but really they they do nothing they they're just, scared of you the know, little Gelfin. Gelfin. bad guys yeah. now like kill good people like early on in a film to show how bad they are oh wait no know? no they are bad they did kill Kira at the end spoiler alert <laughs> well they had slaves too yeah they the stole the they, essence out of the bastardized gorgs and drank it. Yeah, that's pretty gross. That was well, pretty evil. There's only one time where they drank it. Even yeah. that only worked for one. Well, yeah, five you seconds. get the sense that they've been doing this for a while. Yeah, they had those slave things around, so it's not like this is a new practice. They didn't just build that torture machine. How did the, the essence stealing work? Was that the the dark crystal they were showing? It, the dark the dark crystal shines in their eyes, and like I don't know. But how did it shine in their eyes without the conjunction? Junction. What's your function? Conjunction, also, junction that, happening. That tube was not. Rammed anywhere, so I don't know where the liquids are coming from. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it, it's better not. It's better not to question that. To question how the essence came out of the body into the bottle, <laughs> but there was a tube. That's all I'm gonna say. And they didn't show how that part worked. That's true. They didn't. They didn't like. So that was that was a gross out factor thing right there that they 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 could have done that they didn't do. And I'm just wondering if they're gonna go the distance with the new. Dark Christer. I really Christer. hope they. I really hope they do, only because uh, there's still so much in this world to explore, other than the Skeksis, the Mystics, the Gelflings, whatever Fatches Kalang is. Uh, <laughs> what did you call her this time? <laughs> no, 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 no. What? What's? Do we even know what that species is called? He referred to her as Fat Jessica Lang. I, right? I called her Fat Jessica Lang, and that's you know he's. But it sounded like you just said Vagus Kalangus. <laughs> Yeah, I just called her the meth addict, and then her meth lab blew up. Yeah, yeah. So my my theory stands. Yours is better. Yeah, she, mine is kind of funnier, but I'm just saying. <laughs> um, I want to. I I I I want to like you know. I do find that movies that are attractive to children now are much darker than they used to be. Really? In general, in terms of storytelling, in terms of... Like, like, you, like you I referred to Zootopia before. Like, which other ones do you think? I think that's just because they're gearing them more to us. Yeah. Like, yeah. with the social message and it so that you also have jokes for adults along with kids. Like, yeah. superhero movies are really not for kids anymore. They're not, you know, and sort of... And, I don't know, I guess, like... Like they have kids movies and they're but usually they're usually CG and they're uh, like you know they're usually animated. Like, do they do like I can't even think of Annie is the last live action movie I I I think was made for kids. Diary of a Wimpy Kid. Diary Diary of a Wimpy Kid. I don't even know the searches. But like they don't even make live action movie for kids anymore. No. You know? So they're all like live action movies are now. A dog's all purpose. A dog's purpose. <laughs> 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 about but, a boy. But I mean not are a boy. Are superhero uh, movies really meant boyhood. for kids or more geared towards like the teenagers? No, they're meant they're geared towards the fanboys who yeah. grew up with this stuff. And if you don't go to a certain level of darkness and intricacies, they won't show up. Oh, yeah, and no. that's their bread and butter. 
Because you want more, re- you want more realism in your films rather than just full fantasy. Of- yeah, because they're gonna buy the discs. They're gonna line up an opening night, see it two or three times in the theater. You know, they're the ones that are gonna buy all the merch. Like, you know, it's funny. And they're gonna buy it for their kids. I was so into superhero movies for grown-ups when it started, but now I feel like <laughs> like back a in the nineties when you had man. Spawn or Blade and yeah, or even like the Tim Burton Batman's. Like yeah. I was like super excited, you know, and you know, but now I'm just like, there's no more fucking grown-ups. Like they don't like movies don't even like they they kind of, like grown-up movies are small art films now. Really, like I feel like the more adult. Uh, superhero stuff that we get to see is only on Netflix. Yeah. So, like, Jessica Jones or Daredevil, Luke Cage. But even you saying adult superhero movie is something that is so crazy. I didn't refer that as a superhero movie. I said superhero thing. Right, right. Yeah. But, but, But adult superhero... Is something that didn't exist in the lexicon of culture. Yeah, you know, in Until this re- time period, you yeah. know, in 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 the in the dark crystal time period. Yeah, it would have been all family movies because to justify those budgets, you would have it had to be four quadrant. Right. Yeah. There's no way to do it otherwise. Yeah, because around this time, also, I think ET was also out because this was '82, ET was '82, so it's really the, like the two different family films. You got Spielberg Alien movie, and you've got Jim Henson puppet, whatever this whole fantasy world was. Yeah. So this was a success, this movie? This, yes. This did do well? This Enough did do that well. that it let him do Labyrinth. Right. This paved the way for Labyrinth. And, uh... Uh, and then, yeah. So, yeah. Here's We're, the thing that's great about this movie. Like, you, you take the, the context, context issues aside that I have and that kind of stuff. It's like, we, we were talking about while we were watching it. It's just, you know, it's, it's that kind of concept of every frame's a painting. And that everything you see in this entire movie is on purpose. It's well thought out. Like every prop, there's not. It's not like you're shooting this in a real location. Everything's made for the frame. And I think you really got to give kudos to like Brian Froud, who I I think he's the conceptual artist, like working with Jim Henson of just bringing this entire world to life. Oh yeah. How yeah. much pot did they smoke? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I wonder. I wonder what the pro, like. I wonder what his his well, process because Henson has story by credit. Different person wrote the script. I almost feel like the have, have we just watched that uh, that creature shop uh, reality show they had and seeing how their process works. I almost feel like he probably would have been in the story treatment or whatever he'd written for it. You know, those creatures. I don't think they ever got a name. The ones that had the really long legs were. The Cirque du Soleil kind of things. The ones that yeah. look like those um, pr- from the Lion King Broadway musical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With really long legs. Yeah. You know. The stilt walkers. Yeah, I'm sure he would have wrote in the treatment as like a creature that will get them from here to here. They can ride on their backs. And then send it out to his creative team. And they just came up with a dozen different designs and this and that. And then designed it. And then that worked its way into the script. But the Skepsis, yeah. in essence, also kind of reminds me... Um, I'm not sure if you've ever seen uh, Jim Henson I think on the first and second season of Saturday Night Live there was like a um, couple of Jim Henson creature shops on there where it's like small little segments and the, those creatures in itself are also kind of creepy um, kind of skexies but I'm wondering if that was in a way an inspiration for for these characters yeah that's what I just feel like I feel we were robbed of what would have been Henson's most unique stuff had he not died when he did. I mean, it's an interesting question, you know, because with the kind of, uh, as CG started to take over film and television, you know, Jim Henson dies. And, and I, you know, you wonder what, you know, you wonder what he would have been in an, in the newer, in a newer era. He would have used know? it as a tool though. He would have, you know, the same way, like, not everything in here is a puppet. You see, clearly, they've got someone... No, absolutely. Here. I'm not saying you wouldn't, but, yeah. you know, one of the things, the thing that makes these movies interesting and unique to me is that these are, th- you know, this is the, as close to theater tricks. Yeah. yeah you're watching as, a puppet show. You're going to see, you know, like, this is stuff they would use on stage, and they're doing it in front of a camera. Yeah. And one of the beautiful things about it is is that it's just alive. You know, they rehearsed. They, 
The intricacies it's a tangible of, thing that you could touch if you could. Yeah. Well, like, the, it's like right. listening to vinyl, you know? Yeah. You know, it's like, uh, it, it's got this great feel to it. The intricacies of just like the faces and the way the eyes blink and move are, are, is amazing. Yeah, the blinking eyes are amazing. But even I don't it's know like, how they do that. yeah, well, it's all, it's like little robotics they have for a lot of that stuff. And then they have some with a remote control that's just controlling the eyes. Wow. You know, for each of those. Skeksis, not counting the human performer inside, they probably had three or four people for each one. Right. You know? And that's why you need to build these sets because you have to have a whole layer underneath them and above them and all this kind of stuff, right? Yeah, I guess you, yeah, you forget how, like, I mean, I, I forgot how much technology goes into... Yeah, but even uh, them having those swords, they've got to figure out that... There's no way those hands are wielding that sword. That's those that sword's on some other kind of rig. Yeah. When they do that stone pinata competition, <laughs> yeah, that was also pretty lame. <laughs> but you <laughs> know what I mean. But that's something that something else is rigging that. Yeah. It's all these different things. But what is remarkable is, I think you just pointed out, Fab. You said you didn't think about that, and I think that's what the accomplishment of a movie like this is: is that you believe these things are alive to some extent. They, they have a humanity to them. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a weight to them when they walk. And there's an emotion inside of them. And I know that's the kind of thing that... Uh, watching that Creature Shop reality show again... Uh, whenever they had to do their performances... They got the most critique on it. It's like, if this thing can't sigh... Or if it can't bat an eye at the right time... It's like, then it's not a successful build. If you can't believe that there's a humanity attached to this thing... Then you failed. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I think is the essence of what was that behind all of Henson's work and so I think if he did anything with CGI and maybe we'll see when, we, when the Dark Crystal series comes out um, oh that's not him it's it's you know it's, it's still the creature sure, shop, sure, sure. but it's Netflix all behind yeah, it yeah and they but they and they all very much subscribe to his belief system that he had he had set his the commandments of Henson um if anything, I think the only thing they would do is use those tools to help further enhance that aspect of it. The humanity of these creatures and these characters to give it a more realistic sense. Uh, but maybe not. Like, I, I'd like to think that those things, that, that series is going to feel as homemade as possible. Um, when does it, it comes out soon. It might come out yeah. at the same time as this. I, f- I feel like this comes out at the end of June. I'm... I know that in the Museum of the Moving Image in Astoria, Queens, New York, they are opening up a Jim Henson exhibit at the end of July. Um, I remember seeing, actually, a few years ago back uh, in Washington, D.C., in the Smithsonian, they had an exhibit on Jim Henson. Um, I didn't really see anything on Dark Crystal because it was more focusing on Jim Henson's early stuff, uh, his life before, and going a little bit into Sesame Street and Muppets, but focusing more on... Uh, the the commercials that he that he used to do in the Baltimore DC area in the fifties, leading up. To, he was doing some bonkers stuff. Yeah, uh, his, he was a genius. His short film timepiece, I think from I want to say nineteen sixty five, is fantastic. It still holds up today. Yeah, if you, I was surprised that that was even nominated for an Oscar. If you get, um, I think it's Sesame Street Old School. They made a couple DVD sets. There's a bunch of stuff like that on there. Um, that's really really fascinating. Mm-hmm. There's a great, I'm going to plug too, there's this great documentary, um, which I have, uh, called The World According to Sesame Street, and it was made maybe ten years ago now, five, ten years ago, and it's about, um, the Sesame Street workshop taking Sesame Street and, and putting it into different countries. Oh, wow. And what that process is like. I'm very, um, I'm very familiar with the Israeli one, Rechov Sumsum. Yeah, well, they do. Shalom Israeli, Sesame. They do, um, Shalom Sesame. Shalom Sesame. Well, there's two different versions. There's the Israeli version, and then there's kind of this Americanized Israeli version that had um, Bonnie Franklin and Itzhak Perlman uh, guest starring a lot. Right? <laughs> they had, they actually, Bonnie Franklin and Itzhak Perlman. Yeah, and they actually had Sarah Jessica Parker playing like this Indiana Jones type character. I forget what her <laughs> name was. I actually have these all recorded in my in uh, my parents' basement. Like we have all these episodes. Please tell me Oscar the Grouch said, Oi! No, 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 no. He has his cousin, um, uh, Moisha Ufnik. <laughs> That's what his name is. <laughs> don't ask it. me how we still remember this. But sometimes they don't have, like, some of them wouldn't have an Oscar. Like, when, when they did Japan, especially for Japan, uh, they were trying to get them to, you know, what are your native animals and creatures that you can build off of? 
and they got really upset because they're like, you mean we can't have Big Bird? Like, no, you can have him, but we're not going to impose him upon you. You can take whatever you want from what we've already created, but we encourage you to try to adapt things for your own culture. That's why there's a big controversy over when Africa made brought Sesame Street in. They had a, a Muppet with AIDS. Um, and because that's a very much a part of their everyday life. It's wow. like, how do we not talk about that? So interesting. In the episode where that Muppet died. No, no. I'm kidding. No, I'm kidding. I, maybe, maybe they did eventually. I don't know. But I just remember there's a big controversy over it at the time. Yeah, AIDS Muppet jokes. It's really funny, <laughs> Jeremy. Fab smiling a lot right now. I'm smiling. Um, anyway, I could nerd out with Hanson all night. Uh, final thoughts. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I'm glad I watched it. Um, you know, because it's something that I saw as a kid and I didn't remember it and it was kind of a window into my subconscious. I I kind of like, I didn't remember the film, but I, I, uh, it was a great experience for me because it's sort of layered in there and I'm, you know, having said that, it's not like a film that I think is, uh. Uh, I don't think I, I wouldn't say it held up for me. Hmm. I mean, I'm a huge film. Uh, sorry, I'm a huge fan of uh, Jim Henson's stuff. I really do think that this does hold up, just as a fun '80s fantasy film for kids. There, I, I will say there is a lot of stuff that if I watched this when I was five or six, I would have had nightmares about. Um, but I could see myself showing this to pe- to like young kids when they're like eight or nine. I think that's around the right age. If they're into the Jim Henson, Muppet, Sesame Street stuff, that you would show them this. There's so much about this world, or, or really about the puppets and how they move. And I know that we're talking about emotion that you get to see in these puppets that feels so real that you, that you are engrossed within it. And mm-hmm. that, that there's something to appreciate about it. Yeah, I mean, this was one of my biggest black holes from childhood that I hadn't seen for reasons I don't even know why I never got around to it. Uh, so I'm really glad I finally did get to see it, and this is the perfect way to do it. And I think if I do revisit it, I, I'm definitely going to check out the, the Netflix series when it comes out, just because I'm curious what they do with it. Um, and then if I watch this again, it would be with my kids, I think, if they were interested. Other than that, I don't foresee me ha- jonesing to rewatch it on my own. So, no Dark Crystal Party every year? No. No. I don't yeah. think so. Labyrinth, we can do Labyrinth next year. Labyrinth party? Dance, magic, dance, dance. magic, gentle. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves. Thanks for joining us for The Dark Crystal. If you like the show, please subscribe to the podcast, spread the word about it, leave a review wherever you have watched it, and also leave a review on our Facebook page if you have a chance. You can find me on Twitter, at Jeremy. And until next time, go watch something you've never seen before. Thanks. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat.